A new law adds restrictions for transgender athletes in Texas. We are not trying to take away from anyone else. It is a matter of ensuring, the, again, the safety, privacy, and fairness for females. It's the latest legislation aimed at LGBTQ Texans, and it has some looking to lead the state. Part of me hates the fact that I'm leaving, uh, I'm leaving Texas, the, the, the home I've always known. How political tides are fueling efforts to help some Texans find new homes. Governor Abbott holds several media events to highlight legislation he signed into law, but he's also making news for what he's not signing. I cannot believe the governor would use his veto pen to veto dozens and dozens of bills maybe a hundred bills or more. How differences over tax relief are dividing the state's top leaders. We highlighted problems with toll bills in Texas, how our investigation helped lead to a new law that aims to tackle one of your top complaints with the system. Produced from the Capitol in Austin and airing statewide, this is the award-winning State of Texas. Joining us, I'm Josh Hinkle. The state of Texas expanded restrictions on transgender college athletes. Governor Greg Abbott signed a law that requires college athletes to compete on teams that correspond with their sex assigned at birth. It's already the law for K through 12 schools in Texas. Capital correspondent Monica Madden looks at the response to the new law. I was an 11-time All-American, a three-time national champion. Austin mom Jerry Chanteau has the medals to remember her award-winning college career. What made sport fun for me was that I got to win. But she says the playing field has changed since her swimming glory days. Socially, the, the trans issue and being a transgender person has absolutely nothing to do with sport. Pointing to openly transgender athletes like Leah Thomas, whose victory sparked a national debate over which teams trans athletes should be able to compete in. They have a biological advantage. Once a boy has gone through male puberty, they are an advantage over females. It's why Governor Abbott signed a bill Thursday that he says will protect women's sports at the collegiate level. This bill is clearly discriminatory. There isn't enough evidence. They're creating a problem that doesn't exist. LGBTQ advocates say, if anything, the law further harms their community. That has had and continues to have uh, a huge impact on the way trans kids and trans people um, see themselves because of the way that the government treats them. There are no reports from Texas NCAA universities of transgender athletes competing in collegiate sports. Monica Madden, State of Texas. A majority of Texas voters appear to support policies like the one signed by Governor Abbott. The Texas Politics Project at the University of Texas polled voters on the issue back in April. 68% said they support requiring athletic participation in Texas schools and colleges to be based on biological sex. Support is almost unanimous among Republican voters. According to the poll, 90% of Republicans support the policy with just 7% in opposition. But it's a much tighter divide among Democrats. 45% support only allowing student athletes to participate in sports based on their biological sex. 41% oppose those restrictions. We're seeing a similar political divide on the national level. In April, Congress voted to ban transgender athletes whose biological sex at birth was male from competing on girls or women's sports teams. No Democrats supported the House bill, but all Republicans voted yes, including North Texas Congresswoman Beth Van Ding. Biological women and girls should only be competing against biological, other biological women and girls. And I don't care how many surgeries you have, I don't care how many chemicals you put into your body, 
you're not going to be a biological woman. Again, the bill passed the House, but it's not likely to advance further. It does not appear to have enough support in the Democratic-led Senate. Also, a White House spokesperson said President Joe Biden would veto the legislation. You heard Monica mention that there are no reports of transgender athletes competing in collegiate sports in Texas. When the Texas bill had a public hearing back in March, opponents questioned the motives behind the legislation. Trans athletes are a non-issue. And if this committee prioritizes this bill over the real massive issues facing collegiate athletes, you do not care about protecting women's sports. You care about hurting trans people as part of a disgusting ideological agenda. Thank you. This was one of several bills affecting LGBTQ Texans. According to the American Civil Liberties Union, Texas lawmakers introduced at least 53 bills aimed at LGBTQ people this session. That's the most of any state. The restrictions proposed and enacted helped some pick up the pace on their efforts to leave the state. Will Dupree checked in on a service that's now helped dozens move. The end of this month can't come soon enough for Paul Lewis. Part of me hates the fact that I'm leaving, uh, I'm leaving Texas, the, the, the home I've always known. This lifelong Texan will get to hand over the keys to his home in a Dallas suburb and start the long drive north to Michigan. He'll join other LGBTQ plus Texans who left earlier this year. Grayson Rodriguez moved from Austin to New Zealand. I feel just so much better, happier, safer. It, I didn't realize how uncomfortable I felt in Texas until I got here. We'll be able to take a breath and... Lewis sold his house through a real estate service called Flea Red States that broker Bob McCraney launched last summer. We're calling it kind of the Rainbow Underground Railroad. We're trying to get people out quietly and get them to someplace where they feel safer. The service has now helped at least 27 mostly LGBTQ plus Texans sell their homes. Many say their decisions are driven by laws that narrowly focus on them, like the one signed here Thursday by Governor Greg Abbott. It will ban transgender women from playing on female sports teams at the collegiate level. He says the state remains a welcoming place for everyone. Texas over the past decade has been the leading state in the United States of America that people choose to move to for our policies and we will continue to advance policies that protect children, that protect women in sports, but protect all Texans and their freedoms. However, Paul Lewis would like state leaders to see how their efforts are making Texans like him look for an exit. I don't know if they lose sleep over at night, but I kinda, I kinda hope that they do because I hope they realize exactly how much they're hurting people. Will joins us now. The person you interviewed for this story is a lifelong Texan who is moving to Michigan. Why there? He says he has family there, so that's one really good thing that he likes. There's another that he's vacationed there, so he spent some time and enjoys the environment. But he also looked at some of the policy decisions that state has made. Michigan's Democratic governor, for instance, signed a law back in March that expanded the state's anti-discrimination policies to include sexual orientation and gender identity as well as gender expression. We should point out that here in Texas, those are not protected classes when it comes to anti-discrimination efforts. This session also saw the largest number of openly gay lawmakers in Texas history. Are those members having any influence at the Capitol from what you've seen? A number of openly LGBTQ lawmakers here in Texas have pretty big profiles at the state Capitol. We want to point out Representative Ann Johnson from the Houston area. She is going to serve as the vice chair of the House impeachment managers when the impeachment trial against Attorney General 
General Ken Paxton begins. Representative Mary Gonzalez, she is on the Appropriations Committee in the House, which is, of course, in charge of deciding where the state sends its money in the budget. And finally, Representative Benton Jones in Dallas, he shepherded through a bill this session that cleared a key committee that would remove the criminal penalty for homosexual conduct. That has been unconstitutional for a number of years because of the Lawrence v. Texas Supreme Court decision. Of course, we're talking about it clearing the committee. It did not get a full vote in the House, but a number of key Republicans joined onto that effort. So perhaps that will pass when the next session rolls around in two years. Certainly some things to watch. Thanks you very much. Definitely. Bills passed by lawmakers facing the veto pen amid a dispute between the governor and lieutenant governor. All of these bills that have yet to be signed face the possibility, if not the probability, that they're going to be vetoed. How differences over tax relief are dividing the state's top leaders. Dangerous cars, trucks, and SUVs on the road sporting fraudulent paper tags. Soon, no more. The new bill to outlaw these risky rides. A major move to boost medical safety. How a new law protects patients from dangerous doctors. In the past week, Governor Abbott held several media events to highlight legislation that he signed into law. But he's also making news for what he's not signing. Governor Abbott said he could veto large numbers of bills passed in the regular session. That message comes as he puts pressure on lawmakers to reach an agreement on property tax relief. At a bill signing event Wednesday, a reporter asked whether the governor was holding back some legislation to encourage lawmakers to reach a deal. Abbott said a lot of bills still pending won't make it over the finish line. My last day to sign or veto bills is this Sunday. As we get closer and closer to this Sunday, all of these bills that have yet to be signed face the possibility, if not the probability, that they're going to be vetoed. Going into the weekend, around 300 bills were still in limbo. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick criticized the governor's veto threat, calling it an affront to the legislative process. Patrick pointed to two bills he supported that the governor vetoed. The veto is to be used for bad policy. When the DA of Dallas says, I want to stop a criminal gang from stealing gasoline, that's good policy. When the city of Amarillo, the people there say, we want a bill to protect us from government going around our votes, that's good public policy. I would ask the governor to rethink that. It's not a very good image. This all comes amid division between the governor, the lieutenant governor, and the speaker over how to provide tax relief. Lawmakers already agreed to allocate $17.6 billion to cut taxes. The House passed a plan endorsed by Governor Abbott. It dedicates funding to buy down school district tax rates. The Senate plan, backed by Patrick, focuses on raising the homestead exemption to $100,000. Supporters point out the Senate plan does more to help average homeowners in Texas. Those who back the House plan believe it does a better job of getting tax relief to businesses and renters. The space industry in Texas is getting a little extra help. Action at the Capitol aims to boost aerospace companies in the state, how that could lead to new discoveries and new jobs. Text tag troubles. We've chronicled issues for years, helping many of you get results. Now, new details on a bill signed by the governor to tackle one of the biggest problems with the system.
An update now to our text tag troubles investigation. TextDot's dedicated customer service phone line set up for drivers who contacted our team has closed. And good news, the agency says it was able to resolve issues for about 90% of those who reached out. It's still working to resolve the remainder. State leaders are also doing their part. Governor Abbott signed a bill into law to tackle one of the top complaints you tell us about Texas tolling systems, late fees, driving up toll bills because you got no notice about auto payment problems with your account. Will Dupree has a closer look at this soon-to-be law sparked amid our investigation. Changing how Texas tollways operate took a backseat this legislative session. Out of these eight bills we could find, only one reform made its way to the Texas Capitol and to the governor's desk. It requires tolling entities to now send a notice to a customer when a payment by the credit card or debit card associated with the account was declined or could not otherwise be processed. That notification would have to come by mail, email, or text message. What made you want to support this proposal? Well, hearing stories, I know you probably run some of these stories as well on people who get uh, just hit without even knowing it of these fees and um, from toll roads that they didn't even they weren't even aware were occurring. Senator Alvarado, you're recognized. Democratic Senator Carol Alvarado sponsored the legislation in the Senate, which passed the bill unanimously. Congratulations, Senator Alvarado. I think this bill takes care of a lot of issues that people have had with toll roads. The grassroots advocacy group Texans for Toll-Free Highways supported the bill. It is obviously a good bill. We would love to have more and broader reform than just this, but really the number one way that most Texans get upside down on their toll bills is a problem with their payment card. But state lawmakers are not done with their work this year. The governor signaled more special sessions to come and those focus only on topics he deems priorities. Property taxes is so important. We're going to get it taken care of before we go on to other issues to make sure we address everything. But we may be here a while. For now, it seems likely lawmakers won't take up more tollway fixes. So some have their eyes on the next regular session two years down the road. So we anticipate there's going to be quite a battle royale to get uh, the reforms that drivers need, but uh, you can be assured that Texas for toll-free highways is not gonna rest until we get that. Will Dupree, State of Texas. We asked the governor's office whether toll fixes would be on the agenda for any future special session, but we have yet to hear back. We'll continue tracking these issues, catch up on our complete coverage by exploring our interactive text tag troubles page online now. Just scan the QR code on your screen with your smart device or look for this link in the story in the Texas politics section of our website. The governor also signed a new law to put the brakes on the state's problems with paper license plates by getting rid of all of them. Republican Representative Craig Goldman said our Risky Ride series, which first began more than six years ago, helped inspire his bill and educate lawmakers. Our investigations revealed criminals were not only counterfeiting paper plates, but also infiltrating the Texas Department of Motor Vehicles system and posing as dealers, printing real paper plates to help carry out crimes. Bills this big that make fundamental change in this state don't normally pass the very first session that you file them. Um, so huge relief. Credit absolutely goes to investigative reporters, reporters like you and, and your station for informing the public and keeping us aware of problems in the state. So there's no question that, that was a major part of it. I'm very excited for one, if it wasn't for you guys exposing it. 
we still would be in the trenches fighting. Uh, but you know how it is. Uh, you guys are the kryptonite. The DMV tells us it appreciates the numerous amendments and clarifications that were made to address various industry and operational needs while accomplishing the intended goal of the legislation. The agency has until December of next year to come up with a rule to implement the new law, which takes effect July 1st. 2025. The governor also signed a major patient safety bill into law sparked by a series of our investigations. It addresses problems we uncovered like doctors practicing in Texas despite having licenses revoked in other states. Investigator Matt Grant shares why the bill's author says these new changes will save lives. The Texas Medical Board has completely failed in its job, so we're going to have to step in and do it for them. That's what State Representative Julie Johnson told us last year after watching our investigations. Now, this bill will absolutely save lives, and I'm really thrilled that we got this passed. With overwhelming bipartisan support. It wasn't until KXAN and their investigations pointed out, hey, these guys came to Texas because they lost their license in the other state. A problem we took all the way to the Senate floor. We've discovered in case after case, the board has instead prioritized protecting physicians over patients. The new law makes it a class A misdemeanor to lie on license applications, prevents doctors who've had licenses revoked, restricted, or suspended for cause in other states from practicing here, requires physicians to be fingerprinted for criminal background checks, and undergo monthly monitoring with the National Practitioner Data Bank, funded with fees paid to the Texas Medical Board. Your in investigations were the catalyst for this whole project. You uncovered uh, some of the malfeasance that was happening um, and some of the inactions of the medical board that needed to be addressed. In a statement, the president of the Texas Medical Board tells me we can now rely on real-time data to update physician profiles in real time and protect the public with up-to-date and current information on all of our licensees. The new law goes into effect on September 1st. Matt Grant, State of Texas. Under the new law, the Texas Medical Board also must update its website when it's alerted to any disciplinary action within 10 business days. You can catch up on Matt's complete coverage online now. Just look for the Still Practicing link right now in this week's State of Texas story in the Texas Politics section of our website. Focusing on the final frontier by investing here on Earth and in Texas. The new commission intent on helping expand the capabilities of space travel in the Lone Star State. The space industry in Texas is getting a little extra help. Governor Abbott signed HB 3447 into law, establishing the Texas Space Commission. It'll help distribute state funding to Texas aerospace companies, an industry first spawned by NASA's work here, now giving way to the next generation like SpaceX. Senior science reporter Eric Henriksen takes a closer look at the impact of the new commission and how what happens in Texas could help us land on the moon once again. Texas has always had a major connection to space. Okay, here we had a problem here. One that's only grown in recent years. And now with the launch of the Texas Space Commission, that industry is expected to grow. One of the companies that was closely following the creation of the Texas Space Commission was Firefly Aerospace, which is based here just north of Austin in Cedar Park. We are building right now the Blue Ghost Lunar Lander that is going to land on the moon in 2024, mid-2024. Stephen McCall is the Director of Government Relations for Firefly. 
having a space commission like the Texas Space Bill, uh, it allows uh, industry partners like us to be able to tap into those dollars and expand even more. He spent the last few months helping get the commission established. We briefed members of the House and we also had the Aerospace Caucus that was founded uh, by members of the House. Uh, come visit our Briggs manufacturing and test site in Briggs, Texas. A nine-member board appointed by the governor, lieutenant governor, and speaker of the House. It will consist of various industry partners like Firefly Aerospace will be asked to uh, be on the board to help establish the policies. Policies that will distribute $350 million to aerospace companies, research and education efforts. McCall says that the commission allows us to have innovative ideas funded in addition to research opportunities. The funds will be handed out later this year. Eric Henriksen, State of Texas. This is not entirely new to Texas. The legislature first created a Texas Space Commission in 1987 to encourage economic development in aerospace industries. But in 2003, lawmakers cut funding to the commission and merged its functions into the Economic Development and Tourism Office. Thank you again for joining us for State of Texas. I'm Josh Hinkle. We'll be back next week to bring you an in-depth look at Texas politics.